This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. I haven't talked to Shannon Penn, Chad, our producer, since Monday. Now, it's been an awful week for one Shannon Penn. As a Giants fan, it's bad if he had a colonoscopy on Tuesday morning. Mm-hmm. The Giants decided not to wait for that. They came like a, a visual colonoscopy on Monday night. So you had that. You had Evan Neal that we're going to get into. And Shannon, how are you feeling right now? Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman in the nation want to know. Don't ask me if I'm okay. <laughs> I'm hurt. <laughs> At least he sent us the picture because he gave us Chad. But thumbs up. My wife goes, the procedure fans said, oh, no, that's how you look going in. That's not how you look coming out. I am a 12-year-old boy on the inside, even though I'm a 53-year-old man on the outside. Welcome to the best juvenile show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry. Thank you very much. You got my man Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman, presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. Your weekend is never beginning, and it's not going to be complete until you find the best bets for your weekend. She's here each and every time this Thursday, all the time. She does a great job as an ESPN sports betting analyst. She is Erin Dolan joining us in studio. Give it a flower. She deserves it here Let's on Twitter go. at Aaron Kate Dolan. Before we get into your best bets of the weekend, we've had callers calling at 888-729-3776 on their most disappointing team in the NFL 2023. Before we get to your best bets, Aaron, what's been the most disappointing team for you so far this year? Oh, the Cincinnati Bengals, because it's one of those teams that all off season, because we're talking odds from, well, we're always talking odds, but I'm saying <laughs> from February to the start of the season, everyone's talking about the Bengals and how good they could potentially be, even though the AFC North is completely backed, so crowded, yeah. and then they just start off like this. It's so unfortunate with that injury with Joe Burrow, but overall, I mean, that offensive line hasn't been great, and the defense I don't think is good enough just to win them games, just to kind of skate by and have some low-scoring games. So definitely most disappointed in the Cincinnati Bengals. All right, Aaron, uh, what are your thoughts about the uh, the spread and the totals for tonight's uh, Thursday night game? Yeah, so the Commanders are laying six points right now. The total's at 44 and a half. Now, in terms of the spread, I'm going to stay away from this one. And I was watching it Sunday night. So it was Commanders minus four. As soon as the Bears lost to the Broncos, that shot up to minus five and a half. It moved as high as minus seven back down. I know that's a lot of numbers to comprehend, but basically everyone overreacted. It got up really high. Now it's starting to trickle back down a little bit. Uh But in terms of playing the game, instead of looking at the spread, I'd look at the first half spread and take the Bears plus three and a half. I know it's not an easy sell to back the Bears, but Mm -hmm. the Commanders are just not a good team. They're not a good team just because they played Philly close. They're two and two. They... Congrats. You won the first two games, Arizona, Denver. You won by an average of three points. The first three games of the season, they were down by an average of nine points at the half. They're not good in the first half. They're one and three against the spread in the first half. They probably are coming into this like this is the Bears. This is going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And then Chicago might be able to pick things up in the first half like they did last game against the Denver Broncos. I, I understand they lost that game despite having a 21-point lead. I totally understand that. But I do think in the first half of this game, it's going to be a lot tighter than people expect. Great stuff by Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports betting analyst. Hit on social media, Aaron K. Dolan, joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. The big game of the week, and we know it's Dallas versus San Francisco. We know about the previous troubles involving Dak Prescott and the Cowboys not beating the 49ers. What are our favorite bets you have for that game involving these two teams in the NFC? Oh, it's Dak Prescott to throw an interception. It's been a few weeks that I've given out my favorite interception prop, and it's going Uh to have to be Dak Prescott. We know last year he was turning over the ball left and right, had a total interception problem, and then to start the season, he's been okay. He's only had one pick through the first four games, but that was against mediocre defenses. You got a San Fran team, top five defense in the league right now, not to mention five defensive interceptions which is tied for the fourth best mark and 
three of the four opposing quarterbacks that the 49ers have faced have had at least one pick. Two of Mm -hmm. them have had at least two picks. That was Matthew Stafford. That was Kenny Pickett. And I just think that although if you look at this Dallas offense, they've been running the ball more than they've been passing the ball. Well, that's because they've been up by so much. They're running the ball in the second half. I don't think they're going to be up in this game. And plus that defense is so good that I just see Dak trying to throw the ball, trying to get down the field. And that ultimately is going to make him have a pick in terms of the spread. The 49ers are laying four points. I'm not the biggest fan of the spread right now because there's always a chance for the totals at 45. So the the chance of a potential backdoor cover with a four, I just don't like if there's a late touchdown or something like that. So I'll be staying away from that, probably looking at the player props. And then you have a total around 45, which I'm thinking this is going to be a more lower scoring game because both these defenses are really well. But this is obviously the most exciting game of the week. Very excited for it. But I do think that Dak will throw a pick. And I feel like the price right now on it is good because come Sunday, I think it's going to get pretty juicy. All right, Aaron, uh, Freddie and I were talking about this Broncos-Jets game. Some of the personal aspects, Nathaniel Hackett being called out by Sean Payton as one of the worst coaching <laughs> yeah. jobs that he's ever seen. Uh, Russell Wilson trying to get uh, maybe get some revenge against Nathaniel Hackett for his poor season last year. Uh, now, I'm, I'm guaranteed there will be some bad football played because these are two bad football <laughs> teams. It's pretty, pretty guaranteed. Yes, but would you bet on this game? This is this is a tough one. First of all, I think everybody's on the Jets. I've yep. I've seen the money. Everybody's on the Jets. I understand that. But at the same time, you're talking about Russ and feeling some type of revenge. Like, this guy cannot get it together. I mean, let's ride. The fact that was a slogan before what we've been seeing is so brutally embarrassing. And Denver, I mean, they're just, it's so embarrassing. Uh, Denver, they're 0-8-1 as a favorite, 0-8-1 against the spread as a favorite since acquiring Russell Wilson. So they're not good at covering the spread, especially as a favorite, as I just mentioned. So if the Jets are going to win a game, it's going to be one like this against the Denver Broncos because they are so bad. I was impressed they came back against the Bears, but the Bears are a team that's lost 14 straight games. Mm-hmm. They've allowed 25 or more points in each of those 14 straight games. So right. congrats. You did that. You got the win. But the Jets defense should be able to do something here. Do something. I, if I had to pick between the two, I'd say the Jets, but it scares me that the public is all. I'm talking all over this team. The very this savage team. Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports Betting Analyst, <laughs> joining us in studio with Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. When we go to London for the second week in a row, Jacksonville playing over there after winning last week. They were able to beat the Atlanta Falcons. The Bills hot after beating the Miami Dolphins, just putting it on them last week. They go to London. How much of an advantage? You can give me any line you want, any betting spread, but how much of an advantage could it be for Jacksonville because they were already there in London and Buffalo after having that win last Sunday, Aaron, has to fly over and play them, especially the time constraints and everything going on over there. Yeah, I absolutely think that Jacksonville does have an advantage. The fact that they've been there for now, it feels like, almost two weeks. This is the second game they're going to play. I actually was in London and saw two NFL games with the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is the team of London. Like, if you look in the stands, while there are a ton of different jerseys, there's no official team. Jacksonville, this is, like, technically mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the places that it feels like is a home away from home. But I think if you're looking at the spread right now, the Bills are laying five and a half. The total's at 48 and a half, which I'm surprised the total is this high. Okay. Um, but the Jags offense hasn't looked as great as we were expecting. Same thing with the defense. They haven't been that great. But this yeah. is one of those spots in which it can be a situational spot in terms of betting because you are having the Bills come off a huge emotional win over the Miami Dolphins. That game was insane, and then they got to fly to London. Like, that, there's not it, 
that takes up a lot of time, that type of travel. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was a closer game. I would take the points with the Jags in this one. I, w- I lean towards the under as well. I mean, the Jags won 23-7. It was a low-scoring game last week. I don't think the Bills are going to come into this one firing. Um, I-, I see this being lower scoring, and I would take the points with the Jags because I do think there is an advantage to not having to travel to London. All right, Aaron, it's never too early to start talking about these postseason awards. Mm-hmm. C.J. Stroud has uh, been making progress as the quarterback yeah, under center for the Houston, Houston Texans. Uh, he seems to be the favorite now for the Rookie of the Year. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, so he moved from plus 310 to plus 160, jumped over B. John Robinson, who was the favorite um, before week four. C.J. Stroud's looked really good. He's actually been very surprising. I thought he was going to look a lot worse. The most impressive thing to me is just that he has zero turnovers. That's amazing uh, for a quarterback right now. And on top of that, he's hit over his passing yards mark in every single game so far this season, which is super impressive. It's at 248.5 for this upcoming week. They're taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I don't know if I love going over on this because obviously the odds are going to start reflecting what's going on. So it does feel a little bit high. um, And the Falcons are top five at stopping the pass. So I I don't think it's my favorite play, but it's it's impressive. And especially the last, um, the two wins that they have. I mean, that was against Pittsburgh as a three-point dog. The Jags was a great one. I gave that out on NFL Countdown. They were seven-and-a-half-point dog. I didn't think they were going to win that game outright, um, but they ended up doing that. So they've definitely surprised from what we saw last season. They were one of those teams that we were talking about before the season. Could they end with the worst record? Yeah. They were one of those teams up there with the Cardinals. So I'm very impressed by this. Um, is it the best value to grab it right now, plus 160? Absolutely not. Maybe wait a couple weeks and see if you can get a better price. If not, you know, there's I feel like sometimes when you start seeing things like plus 160, there's something you could bet tonight and not tie your money up, you know, until the end of the season. So there's a multitude of ways you can play it. But I I I mean, I think C.J. Stroud, he's he's showing out and I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, especially no offensive line, lack of consistent running game, no weapons on the outside. He's like fearless. Yeah, Yeah. he's he's like a one man gang that has made the Houston Texans better than anybody could have expected. Always great to see you, Aaron. Great stuff as always. Enjoy the weekend as well. Thank you. I appreciate it. We always give her her flowers because she deserves them. Aaron Dolan, ESPN Sports betting analyst. Great follow, like I mentioned, social media at Aaron K. Dolan. Joining Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. So bundle and save at Progressive.com. Playing quarterback in this league is hard, but, you know, I thought he gave his guys a chance to play. Zach Wilson was terrific last night. That was by leaps and bounds the best game he has played. He, in fact, looked like a different person. At the end of the season, we're all going to be like, this dude can play. Seven days ago, if you told anybody who was somebody, boy, man, there are going to be a lot of people in Zach Wilson's corner. Everybody would have said that clearly all the other 31 teams in the NFL completely fell down. But that's where we are after that performance by Zach Wilson, even though the Jets lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. He is Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Series XM Channel 80. And always tell that smart speaker of yours to play ESPN Radio. Keep weighing in. Most disappointing team this year in the National Football League. We can't wait what you have to say, so hit us up on the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-729-3776. Which NFL team? Is the biggest disappointment so far this season. Now, before we get to my man, Chad Brown, who will definitely answer this question, both of these teams, one and three, both of these teams making it awfully, awfully personal on Sunday. Who needs a win more between the New York Jets or the Denver Broncos? Before we get his answer, check out what the two guys that Sean Payton went after, Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets, and Nathaniel Hackett, the Jets offensive coordinator. 
In the offseason, Sean Payton said, Payton said last year that was the worst coach team in the National Football League, and that's why he was there. Robert Sala had this to say, and then Trevor Nathaniel Hack had to say after that, when Nathaniel Hack was the guy that Sean Payton was completely disrespecting. I said it before, in, in football terms, that was 15 years ago, so it's 20. It's probably it's more like 25 now. It's been a couple of days, so it's but it's 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 long gone. It's this is uh, we're a different football team than we were in training camp. So the, so were they, and uh, we're we're just going out to play a football game. And, and the reality is, is coaches aren't the ones who play. It's the players, and uh, we it's our job to put them in the best position possible to uh, be successful. Let's put it this way, everyone. This game is about those guys out on that field. This game is not about me. It's about me helping them during the week. But I just want the guys to go out there and play a great game. That's all we're looking for. What has happened is in the past, we all move forward. Coaches definitely just focus on trying to get the guys in the best positions. And that's what we're doing right now. I love when people take the high road. Even do you? Jeff, no. Do you? Completely do not. Because, okay. You want I them to say why. it with their chest, right? Absolutely. I get it why you they- You talked about my mama, man. Exactly. Don't be talking <laughs> about my mama. You know, that's basically what they did with Nathaniel Hackett, Chad. You're exactly right. I know they don't want to add any more fuel to the fire. But I saw the looks on both of their faces when they said that. I'm like, mm-hmm. You can tell me another one just like the other one. This is going to get awfully ugly. Especially the Jets have a lead and they're running up the score because you know Nathaniel Hackett- He'll be Petty Crocker to do something like that after what Sean Payton said about him and his coaching style in his only year as head coach in Denver. Oh, absolutely. I, I, Robert Sala and Nathaniel Hackett, uh, they did the right thing and, and took the high road. But, yes, deep down inside, we know the truth. This is personal, man. <laughs> and usually in the NFL, for, for, for coaches, things are not personal. Okay. That's a player thing. So now they are approaching this with a little bit extra. And I know every coach and every player says, I prepare for every game the same. I give them the same focus and attention. It's 100% of my focus. It's amazing how when I was going to go back to play the Pittsburgh Steelers as a Seattle Seahawk, I found 105%. I found extra <laughs> time to do these things. Uh-huh. So the coach Coaches will be able to do that same kind of thing. Uh, Robert Sala's like, you know, I, I make it home at midnight. No, I'll be home at 1 in the morning. I'm going to watch a little extra tape. Okay. Daniel Hackett, he's looking at this Broncos defense, and he's salivating, thinking about what I can do to stick it to these Bronco fans mm-hmm. who booed me last year and who did the countdown clock when you know, we couldn't get the playoff on time. And guess what? Wow. That same thing is happening now with Sean Payton and Russell Wilson. And their Bronco offense. So I was criticized for that. How come these guys aren't getting the same level of vitriol that I got? So there's a personal factor in this game that it makes it a little bit different and a little bit more interesting than most games. Like I said earlier, there'll be some bad football played because these are bad football teams, but at least it'll be some interesting personal bad football. The only thing good about this is that that Jets defense is really, really good. After you deal with Kansas City one week and Patrick Mahomes, you picked them off. They picked them off three times. They only took away the last interception, but they picked them off three times. They were that good after giving up a 17-burger early and reducing that to only six points being scored by Kansas City after that. So you're right about how bad this football could be, but who needs to get a win more between these two teams? Uh, I'm going to say the Broncos uh, for Sean Payton. Uh, with the release of Randy Gregory, uh, I guess yeah. it's not official just yet, but the uh, coming release of Randy Gregory, mm-hmm. they are now starting to look around that roster as a front office and coaching staff of who are the bad guys, who are the okay. bad apples, who are the older guys who make big money because we're starting to turn this thing around and want to go with the younger guys. Mm-hmm. Marvin Mims is now part of the offense. Thank Julio God. McLaughlin is now part of the offense. So they're looking to change things, and if they don't find a way to lose this game, that could really interrupt this 
you know, uh, leadership uh, change that they're trying to do within that locker room. Yeah, I'm not going to say that you're wrong because you make some terrific points about if you're the Denver Broncos when you were gift-wrapped a win last week and you were able to make that work where you're not winless on the season. So I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'll say that the Jets need this win more because now people can look not sideways at Zach Wilson and crush him in the media or having guys in that locker room saying, is he the guy? They're like, all right, that we are, if that's what he's going to look like, then we feel a lot better. Hey, Nathaniel Hackett, it took you four games. You finally got around the way he does best. If that's what we're going to do, then we don't have to, to quote the great Alvin Mack from the Moody program, start pitching shutouts if you're playing on defense. We don't have to worry about doing that now. Now we got a quarterback. Okay, if you look anywhere near that, then we got something. Then we can maybe do something, find a way to salvage this season. The last thing you need, if you're the Jets, Zach Wilson, JTS, Jets fan base, is to have him go from that to zero again. Because he's never had a game like that in his NFL life where he actually looked like a guy that knew what the bleep he was doing out there as a quarterback. If he goes back to Zach Wilson, what we've seen before, then he's going to get more stink out in that locker room. He's going to say, oh, you teased us, and now that's what we got. If he's able to be that kind of guy, they're not going to lose this game. With their defense, making plays on offense, that Broncos defense. If we go see Zach Wilson where his floor is 4 of 15 for two interceptions, I can't even imagine, Chad, what that's going to sound like next week after having everybody leaving him alone this week, even though they did not beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I mean, we thought Joe Namath had some harsh words. There may be some oh. Jets greats from the past who are in their grave are going to come out and have something to say about Zach Wilson. If he screws it up, he's 4 of 15. This Broncos defense is bad. There's certainly an opportunity for, for Zach Wilson. Right. I called the uh, Jets-Seattle uh, game late last season for uh-huh. national radio, and this Jets team, as you point out, great defense. They've got talent uh, around on offense. This this quarterback position, they've got to get at least average, competent play sure. from Zach Wilson, and they can be a pretty darn good team if they get that. It's spot on by you. Average, competent play. They're not asking him to be a world beater. Right. Just don't stink. <laughs> Just don't do that when you got those kind of weapons around you and an offensive coordinator that maybe finally has finally figured out Zach Wilson and making the best Zach Wilson he can be. Triple H say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We want to hear from you. Which NFL team has been the biggest disappointment so far this season? You could even say the Jets, although their season essentially ended. Four plays to Aaron Rodgers, some of that Achilles tear that wiped out his season. Shannon in California, what team has been the biggest disappointment this year and why in the NFL? The biggest disappointment so far to me has been the Chiefs. Uh, I mean, they lost to the Lions. They just about lost to the Jets. Mahomes is throwing interception after interception. He's touted to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time, yet he almost loses to the Jets. And throwing all these interceptions, they're lucky they're in the position they are right now and not losing these games. But in my opinion, they're the biggest disappointment. Okay. I I hear where Shannon's coming from on this. I will push back. There's always a Super Bowl hangover. You win the Super Bowl, there are ways to keep you distracted. Everybody on the roster gets an offer for a radio show or a TV show or <laughs> come down and do a, a commercial at my used car lot and pose with the, the lion I got as a, as a mascot for my used car lot. Everyone gets pulled in a million different directions. And it takes some time. It typically takes you know somewhere between four to six games right. for you to get punched in the mouth a few times mm-hmm. before you realize, oh, we can't just – fast forward through the season we've got to go back and earn this thing again and so i I think the chiefs are at that point and this 
win against the Jets was probably the perfect thing for Andy Reid. We got the win, mm-hmm. but we played poorly enough that I can go in there and I can yell at these guys. And we can have a brutal film session about how poorly we're playing, and we're not playing to our standards. We're playing down to the level of our opponent. And no, we can't just fast forward and get ourselves back into the Super Bowl again. We've got to grind our way through this, and you guys got to get your – stuff together to get there and uh so i expect this chiefs team to use this jets win last week as a springboard into the rest of the season and move past this super bowl hangover phase they're in right now well travis kelsey future hall of fame tied in for the chiefs when he's on the 3013 podcast chat he agrees with you it just takes reps it takes understanding and it takes hearing the conversations between you know pat and marquez about a scantling or pat and the other quarterbacks or hearing coach reed install these plays so many times that it's just ingrained in your mind what's capable and you know i think these guys are learning really fast it's not a fast process by any means but i think these guys are picking up on it quicker than you know we've we've seen in the past for sure this is the world we live in where chiefs team is three and one (laughs) and shannon in california said they're disappointing because we've seen what we've seen before with the magic man known as patrick mahomes and i'm not going to say that shannon in california was off base because they were lucky to survive the jets when one penalty wasn't called, another penalty should have been called in that final drive by the Kansas City Chiefs to put the Jets away after Zach Wilson fumbled the staff in midfield at 724 to play, never saw the football again. But this kind of first world we live in, where a Chiefs team that is still going to be the top of the AFC, in my opinion, was all said and done. And people say, yeah, I can see how they can be disappointing at 3-1 and one through the first four weeks of the season. Keep weighing in at 888-729-3776. Triple H say ESPN and the Dr. Pepper calling the line. Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman want to hear from you which NFL team has been the biggest disappointment so far this year. 888-729-3776. We have not forgotten about Major League Baseball. The Road to the World Series goes through ESPN Radio. Each and every pitch, each and every bat umpire call, all the postseason action right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And that's where we switch gears to. There are two teams out there that are awfully young, but awfully good. They might be able to make a deep run, and you're not paying attention to them. We'll tell you who those two teams are next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. He's Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Together on Freddie and Harry, presented by Progressive Insurance. Appreciate you joining us on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, and always tell that smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. Each and every pitch of the baseball playoffs right here on ESPN Radio. Wildcard Series, those are over. Then we got the Divisional Series starting this Saturday. The big one everyone's talking about, Phillies at Braves. Best three out of five game one on Saturday, 5.30 Eastern Time on ESPN Radio. Our man Doug Glanville will be on the call with John Bouchambi. Hit him on social media at Doug Glanville as an ESPN Major League Baseball analyst. Doug, Harry Douglas is out today, and I don't think it's a coincidence because he knew you were going to come up here and put a lot of fear in his Atlanta Braves heart when it comes to his team. <laughs> so for those who don't know, as great as we're in the regular season, how much concern should be for a team in Atlanta that lost his Phillies team last year in the National League playoffs? Yeah, yeah but you have to have concern. I mean, this is the team, the National League champion, and they are, you know, you heard it with Coach uh, Rob Thompson. They're built for series play. I mean, they just – are a team that they get offensively hot, they bash, they can hit the long ball, and they have an extremely deep rotation. So despite the fact that they may not be able to run 1-2-1-2-1-2 in terms of the top of their rotation, they have like six starters, like legit starters. So I mean, I think they have a starter, lefty, righty, guy who throws with his leg. They have a sinker baller. They, I mean, they have like any kind of – I mean, they have every kind of pitcher. So they match up really well. And, uh, and th- there's no more mystique over the Braves because, remember, my whole career in Philadelphia, all I did was chase the back of the Braves and never <laughs> caught them. So, it's, you know, knew how, they knocked them out last year. And they've knocked them out in the past, so they, they, they know how to get it done. Doug, uh, were you disappointed in the wild card series because each of those ended up being a, a sweep? I was, only because it was enjoying the baseball. I, I got to do the Diamondbacks, Brewers, and, Mm-hmm. You know, it would have been nice to do another call. You know, I work with John Shambi and we have a lot of fun. It's just like two guys hanging out and enjoying enjoying the games. And it was fun. It was so electric in Milwaukee, even though they, they went down. And, you know, these teams, you know, they're playing some good baseball to get to this point. And, you know, you'd love to see that extra game. But those teams found a way to get the momentum, and, and they never lost it. So you ended up with the four sweeps. Doug Glanville, ESPN Major League Baseball Alliance, part of our postseason coverage on ESPN Radio with Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio. You mentioned the Arizona Diamondbacks going on the road, beating Milwaukee in the best two out of best two out of three. Didn't get to a game three. What is it likelihood? Because we see this each and every year. You got a, a young team like Arizona and a young team like Baltimore, one of the top two seeds in the American League. How realistic that either one of these two teams, or maybe even both, can make a deep run this postseason? I mean, it's realistic, and, and they've already kind of neutralized any concerns about, okay, the big stage, so to speak. Uh, I always love talking to Dusty Baker, the manager of the Astros. He, he says, well, the young players don't even know they're being set up. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're throwing that fastball in, and it's like, all right, I'm going to throw that slider away, and they don't even know. And that's sometimes that sort of innocence is a good thing. You can just sort of play ball and, and just do your thing. I mean, Corbin Carroll, what a young player. But yet this guy is a game changer. He's, he's done something that no one in Major League Baseball has ever done. He had 30 doubles. He had 10 triples. He had 25 home runs. And he stole over 50 bases. I mean, it was just like, this is this is rookie year. <laughs> so, so, you know, there's so much information, too, that they can take away the, 
the sort of learning curve in some ways because you have data and you can kind of lean into that to know, okay, all right, this is what this guy's going to try to do to me. Uh, you're not guessing. You have a lot of support. So, you know, D-backs, tough team. Really the key to their success was, yeah, they had some young players step up, but they also just – their bullpen was unconscious. I mean, they did not give up a single run, and that was not their strong point. Uh, you look at the Baltimore Orioles, this is a team that has, you know, first-round picks all over the place, you know, from 19 for 2020 to 21. They might even have the first-round pick for 2026 playing right now. And, and these guys figure out a way to, uh, you know, to win. They look like a team that is confident, and they have, like, sleeper good pitching. So I, I, it's a lot of fun, and these teams are different. So that's what makes it exciting. you just got a lot of different styles of play. All right, this uh, question may be the opposite of the last question I had for you, Doug. After the disappointing uh, wild card round where they all were sweeps, what of the uh, four, which of the four divisional series are you most looking forward to? Well, I mean, I'm joining, uh, I'm in Atlanta right now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm like, you know, this is going to be a great series because I think of Philadelphia, who's been there, you know, last season. And then you think about the Braves, who has a, you know, they have a historic offense. And uh, that storyline is fascinating when you have Ronald Acuna Jr., who had also a historic season, hitting more than 40 home runs, stealing more than 70 bases. That alone is ridiculous. Uh, But he also hit 335. He also was really tough to strike out in a strikeout era. Uh, He he can run. He's an athlete. He can throw. This guy was just phenomenal this season. So it's fun to watch one of the best players in the game and a generational talent. And then you watch the team that was in the National League represented the National League in the World Series last year with personalities like Bryce Harper and, and just the energy that that brings. I mean, Philadelphia is on fire when you watch their games and listen to their games. I got to call the games last year in Philly. I mean, it's just electric. So all these series are fun. You know, Twins, Astros, you got Carlos Correa going back against mm-hmm. Houston and Dusty Baker. You're always wondering, is this his final hurrah? You got Bruce Bochy. Uh, Manju came out of retirement to run Texas. And those guys flat out hit. Uh, I mean, it's just fun all around, and uh, you know, looking forward to it. Real quick, how weird is it that we've gone this long, about seven, eight minutes, give or take a lie or two, not one word of the Los Angeles Dodgers? Well, Dodgers are always lurking, man. That's why. <laughs> they're, like, they're like a stealth squad. Every year you're like, oh, there they are again. <laughs> uh, Batson Freeman, two MVP candidates, two two Hall of Famers. Uh, Clayton Kershaw, I never know when his last arrives. He just gets better, it seems like. And uh, and Dave Roberts is one of the best managers, and he will go down as, as such. So they're, they're a ton of fun. And that's why it's great, because there's great teams, there's legacy teams, and you don't have the, the usual suspects, right? Yankees, Red Sox, Cardinals. It's nice. It's nice to see the game is healthy in so many other markets where new fans can come into the fold. Real quick, you mentioned about in terms of with Ronald Acuna Jr., who had a historic season. We always hear about Shohei Otani, five years reason with the Angels. It used to be talking about Mike Trout, five years reason with the Angels. Aaron Judge, after last year, was in that conversation with the New York Yankees. But is there any doubt right now that that dude for the Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr., is the best player in the world right now in Major League Baseball? Well, the only doubt is Mookie Betts, probably. I mean, yeah, if you take the isolated season, it's hard to deny when you you hit 40 home runs, you put up these numbers, then you stole 70 plus bases. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's like putting yourself in scoring position 70 more times. <laughs> and first of all, did you even have time to be on first because you were so busy circling the bases? <laughs> makes no sense. It makes no sense. So yes, this season is 
really special. And but Mookie Betts does things that he's a, he's like the savant. He's the guy that you're like, is he playing another game? You know, like that's that's Mookie Betts. There's a genius to Mookie Betts that you sit back and go, you know, you, he he literally takes batting practice and he tries to stop the ball from spinning. Like he just comes up with stuff that you're like, this guy's from Mars. So <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it's it's just fun to watch these guys play, and they're two different types of of master artists, and it's it's uh, it's a joy to watch them. Like we mentioned, the road to the World Series, all the pitches you need to hear, all the hits you need to hear right through ESPN Radio, all the postseason action on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Four games on Saturday, all game one of the Divisional Series. Our man Doug Glanville will be in the call for game between the Phillies and the Braves in Atlanta. That's at 5.30 Eastern time. He joined Freddie Coleman and also Chad Brown and Freddie and Harry. Hit him on social media at Doug Glanville. Always enjoy our conversation, Doug. Enjoy that series as well. Take care and be well. All right, guys. Pleasure, always. Yeah, great stuff by Doug Glanville. He Thanks, is Chad Doug. Brown. Hit him on social media, Chad Brown 94 I'm Freddie Coleman. You can hit me up anytime you want at Coleman ESPN. Keep joining the conversation. Talk that talk in a Dr. Pepper call in line. Which NFL team is the biggest disappointment so far this season? We want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. And the New York Giants are definitely in that conversation. One of their own disappointed so many people by not talking once, not twice, but even today, making it thrice. What? The words of Evan Neal. Mercifully, will come your way next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Freddie and Harry Podcast on ESPN Radio. He is Chad Brown, who played 15 years in the NFL. And for Harry Douglas, I'm Freddie Coleman, together on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Sirius XM Channel 80, always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. When we last left our hero, Evan Neal, right top for the New York Giants, it wasn't a good Monday. Fans were booing him. He egged them on. Then on Wednesday, he told NJ Advance Media, they were booing us. So I said, boo louder. Why would a lion concern himself with the opinion of a sheep? The person that's commenting on my performance, what does he do? Flip hot dogs and hamburgers somewhere, end quote. He also said in a said interview that the boos that shout the Giants showed that some of the fans are fair-weathered, and bandwagoners. Not even an hour and a half later, he issued an apology. I'm wrong for lashing out at the fans who are just as passionate and frustrated as I am. I let my frustrations in my play and desire to win get the best of me. I had no right to make light of anyone's job, and I deeply regret the things I said. We are working day in and day out to grow as a team, and this was an unnecessary distraction. I apologize. Then today, Evan Neal really double down on the apology. I want the fans to know that um, I'm a human like everyone else. If you ask anyone that's ever been around me, they always speak highly of me. Um, nobody's perfect, including myself. And I just want to apologize again for the things that I said yesterday. You know, it's unacceptable. And uh, I just could have used a better choice of words. I'm remorseful. I definitely could have used a better choice of words. You know, coming from humble beginnings myself, I never want to belittle anyone, uh, regardless of their financial status or their occupation. So I really just wanted to apologize for what I said. Chad, what do you think? Well, we do know that uh, Evan Neal is a human. We do know that. <laughs> Thank you for that update. Everyone thinks highly of you. Uh, come on, man. 
Come stick to the script, big fella. Stick to the script. They gave you that script for yesterday that you that you had in that press conference, and you did a good job. You released a statement. Uh-huh. That script was well crafted by the PR folks for the Giants. <laughs> and then today, somebody put a microphone in your face. You said, "Oh, I got more words I can add on top of this." <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> stick to the script, big fella. See, Evan would if he 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 should pay attention to me because he should know it's good for him. You should not have apologized to begin with because now the apology just goes on and on no. and on and on. No, you, you say, I released a statement yesterday. I want to stand on that. I, I would love to talk about our upcoming game, uh-huh. and we can talk about sure. that. But I'm looking to leave those unfortunate words and that poor choice in the past, and I want to move forward. That's how you do that. Don't I, tell everybody you're a human. We all are, dog. I agree. We know he's not a ro- although he's – Tried to block like a robot and has not ended well for Evan Neal and his quarterback, <laughs> Daniel Jones. The best case of action, the best course of action is do not involve yourself in that kind of situation. Picking a fight with the fans. Evan Neal, don't listen to me. Listen to a guy that you hope to block for in another couple of weeks and say, Quan Barkley, you're running back. The advice I would give to him and any other teammate, never pick a battle with a fan. You're never going to win that one. They've been here before us, and they're going to be here after us. And do I think what he said was wrong? I think he could use his words differently. But in some cases, he's right. You know, knowing that, you know, you're getting booed and this. And basically how I took it outside of, like, the hamburgers and stuff like that, he definitely could have chose his words differently there. But at the end of the day, we're all we got. If you're Evan Neal, you better not not go to any local Nathans in the greater New York area. <laughs> that may really not hit well for you based on calling people flip hot dogs and hamburgers. Oh. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Just trying to help a brother out. That's all I'm trying to do as far as that goes. Brian Dable is off the Bill Belichick tree. Yes, and he is. I spent some time in New England at the end of my career. Mm-hmm. And it was at least once or twice a week, Bill would walk into the team meeting in the morning, and he would have a quote from another player uh, on another team. And whether it was bulletin board material for our team or just something dumb said by another player. Okay. And he would use those moments as a teaching moment to how to handle the media, what to say, what not to say. And then the reason why I'm bringing this up is because Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller are doing something that Bill Belichick would advise to never do. Don't ever speak on on your teammate. I'm here to take care of me. I got enough stuff in front of me. Okay. You know, other than to say my teammate's great and he's he's awesome. He's going to do a great job on Sunday. We'll never speak on our teammates' injuries, dumb things they said, their performance on the field. We don't get into any of that. There's no win in any of that. So if you're Brian Dable, by the way, Chad Brown in for Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman and Freddie Harry in ESPN Radio. If you're Brian Dable, based on the branch of that tree that he comes from, how if I'm him, I'm sick of hearing this right now because this has gone from Evan Neal picking a battle you can't win on Monday night, egging the fans on the boo louder, then doubling down on that on Wednesday by calling out people, calling out the hamburger flippers and the hot dog makers. And then he apologizes yesterday, and then he apologizes again, and there are other teammates weighing on this. You mentioned Darren Waller, who tried to explain exactly where he knew Evan Neal was coming from. I think Evan's heart is in the right place. We all look at the situation and realize that, you know, the words that he may have chosen in the moment weren't the best because there are people that flip burgers that are leaders in their families and, you know, trying to get a life on track, whatever the situation may be, there's good people doing that. But I think his heart was in the place of after a game like that, after the start to a season like this, you know, you're frustrated, you feel a little vulnerable, you feel a little pissed off, and uh, it may sting a little bit where 
for people that may not know the grind, the day to day, the work that you put in. They don't. They they're more critical and more trying to, trying to cut you down. So I feel like he was operating from that place, not necessarily trying to put anyone down. I just got two words, Dan Waller. Stop talking. Exactly. This, this is not helping. I guarantee you my wife, Denise, is listening right now. She's got her head in her hands because she knows exactly what I was going to say. At a certain point, let it go. Move on. When, when you say that you know his heart was in the right place and he called out people who work at those jobs for a living, Dan Waller, you're smarter than that. Your wife, Kelsey Plum, plays Las Vegas Aces is smarter than that. Stop talking. You're not helping anybody with a team that can ill afford any kind of distraction called the New York Giants. Darren Waller, if I want to know how to do a fade to the corner of the end zone, I'm coming to you. You are the guy I'm coming to for that advice. I want to hear everything you've got to say. How I get off the line of scrimmage, when uh-huh. do I jump, what kind of body position do I need to be in to wall off the defender. I'm coming to you for all of that. Right. Crisis management? No, Darren Waller, I'm not coming to you for that. Saquon Barkley, I'm not coming to you for that. You guys stick to your lanes. Let this thing die. Wow. I mean, Evan Neal apologized not once but twice. I get it. If you want to have that whole thing diffuse and just come to a complete stop, you know, no, there's no need for control alt delete a new password. Evan Neal already took care of that. I said I'm apologizing, and then we're going to say it again. Instead, they hit Control-Alt-Delete and said, I need a new password when it comes to Saquon Barkley and Darren Waller. Meanwhile, Brian Dave was probably in his office going, I need a drink. Oh, just shut up, guys, is what he's saying. Just shut up, guys. Please say nothing more. We got enough in front of us. We got plenty of fish to fry without you guys jumping in and doing crisis management. And not for nothing. They played the Miami Dolphins Sunday. Right. A very ornery Dolphins team who right now is a 12-point favorite against a Giants team that allowed their quarterback to be sacked 11 times. He might have gotten sacked another three times, but they took him out in the fourth quarter and let Tyrod Taylor deal with it. Wow. At a certain point, it's okay to look at yourself and look at teammates and say, stop talking. This PSA brought to you by Freddie Coleman and Chad Brown, part of Freddie and Harry. He's Chad Brown. <laughs> I'm Freddie Coleman. We talked the most disappointing teams in the NFL. That's out there. But how would Chad Brown and Freddie Coleman fix these teams? We pull out a toolkit next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.